This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people. Awesome, awesome. All right, give it up for this team up here, guys. Yes, you guys, you may be seated. As the old school folks used to say, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody say amen. All right, are you guys ready to get into the Bible? All right, we're a Bible-believing church, Bible-reading, Bible-meditating, Bible-listening-to, download-the-Bible-app type of church. Come on, somebody. We'll open the Bible, turn on the Bible, pick your version. Let's go. Amen? All right, are you guys ready? Okay, open your Bibles. Open your Bibles. Turn on your Bibles, whatever it might be. And, and to, to Psalms chapter 144. And uh, we're going to start there, and I'm just, I'm at verse 15, but I'm going to uh, open this up in prayer. And we're in the middle of a series called Happy Christmas. And Happy Christmas, look at your neighbor say, Happy Christmas. All right, so we're just, uh, sometimes uh, Christmas isn't so happy for some people, or it's just not, it's not the easiest thing to be happy just because of the expectations of the season sometimes, or what you see other people doing, and you're like, man, I never did that. I ne-, you know, and so really, it's all about Jesus anyway. So look at somebody say, it's all about Jesus. So um, I need to keep telling my six and four-year-old that it's all about Jesus. Um, and so um, that's what we're going to preach about today. I just want to just share a real just simple message today about, about true happiness and, and what, what, you know, true biblical happiness, happiness in the Bible. Um, and I know certain things can make us happy. I think we use the word happy loosely um, a lot in culture. I think the English language um, just uses one word for a lot of things, you know, and so I, I, we're just going to look at it. What the, what's the Bible say about happy? What's true happiness and being happy during Christmas? So with your Bibles open, Psalm 144, verse 15, let me pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're going to speak to us today. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit uh, speaking uh, to each person. I thank you for the anointing inside each person, the Christ inside of them. I pray that I don't speak to them. I speak to the Christ in them, Father. And I pray just as Moses was told to speak to the rock and water came out of the rock, I speak to the rock inside of them, Jesus, the rock of ages. And I pray that living water pours out of them as a result of the Christ in me speaking to the Christ in them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said. All right, here we go. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you something right off the top here before I read that scripture. Here it is. True happiness is the result of three things. This is what we're going to talk about. Priorities, perspective, and persistence. If you want to be happy, those three things got to be in your life. You got to understand that that's just a part of being happy in this world. Obviously, happiness comes from Jesus first and foremost, but in the context of having Jesus and experiencing his presence and walking with God and reading your word and praying and going to church, somebody say amen, uh, that in that context that there's these three things in the word of God that really talks about priorities, perspective, and persistence. And so everybody, let's just repeat after me. Everybody say priorities, perspective, persistence. Okay. Um, Look at your neighbor and tell them you need to get your priorities straight. You can tell them. It's okay. Look at them. Tell them you need to get your priorities straight. Okay. Anybody ever told you that? I've been told that plenty of times. Anybody ever tell anybody else that? Anybody ever think that about somebody? They're, They're all, this stuff's out of whack. And you're like, dang, they need to get their priorities straight. Somebody say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I tell him I need to get my priorities straight. Okay? So God, God is a God of priority. Next thing is you got to have a healthy perspective. you got to see things right. 
You can't be looking at stuff crooked. Somebody say amen. Sometimes two people can look at the same thing and one person's filter's unhealthy, so they, they, they see it, but it's twisted. It ain't the real deal. Or it's not God's perspective. Like when they went into the promised land and they're like, hey, there's giant. Or, We're like grasshoppers in their sight. They all saw the grapes and the good stuff, but they came back. Perspective was different. Joshua and Caleb were like, we could take them. Let's do this. And the rest of them were like, nope, not today. And Joshua and Caleb were like, dang, we got to wait here 40 years with y'all. But then they ended up getting theirs, but it took a minute. Why? Perspective. Everybody say perspective. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, you got to see right. All right? All right? You got to see right. So you need, you, need to get your, you need to get your priorities right. You need to see right. Perspective and persistence. You got to have some guts. Somebody say ganas in Espanol. Necesitamos ganas. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, Hispanics. Don't leave the white boy hanging up here. I'm trying. Yes. Amen. But you, 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 if you want to be happy in life, priorities got to be straight. You got to get priorities straight, and you got to see things right, and you got to have some ganas. You got to have some insides that can go through stuff. Because happiness ain't like just some little, you're going to go on vacation the rest of your life and, and just be happy. Nope. Somebody say nope. Nope, but, but, but it's these three things. You got to, the priorities produce happiness. All right, I'm preaching to you guys this morning. I know it's happy Christmas, but let me preach to you first. Christmas service is next week. Somebody say amen. amen. But priorities got to be straight. Your priorities produce happiness. You can't just sit in your home and be alone and lonely and say, I, I'm not happy. Sometimes, I'm going to preach to you here. Sometimes it's our fault we're not happy. Ooh, I'm preaching good. I hope you come back next week with your family. But, but some, well, you can't just sit there and say, I'm, I'm, just, I, I'm not happy. Of course you're not. You're not doing nothing. Get up. Get moving. Come on, somebody. Priorities. Somebody say priorities. Perspective. Persistence. Psalm 144, verse 15. Happy are the people who are in such a state. All right? In a state, you can create your environment. We talked about this a couple months ago. you got to create life-giving environments. Happy are the people in the state. What kind of, this kind of state you, the kind of environment you create in Christ I'm not saying we don't have lows. I'm not saying we don't have days. It's just one of those days that a brother goes through. <laughs> right? Anybody have a day or two? In the last seven days, you had yourself a day. In our leaders' meeting, one of our leaders did the devotional time, and she said that day was something else, right? But then she prayed. She went into her, into, uh, she, went, she was at work. She went and prayed, and God changed everything. She had to create that environment. That woman of God said, look, this is not going the way I planned or the way I wanted. But she went and prayed, and it changed, okay? And so happy are the people who are in this state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Priorities. Priorities. The psalmist, if you look at this scripture, this chapter in context, the psalmist is talking about a lot of stuff. Because if you read a Psalm 1 chapter, you're like, man, this person went through some stuff. And in one chapter, they're like high, low, high, low, and they end on a high note. Right? And I, I think that's the human experience at times. We have valleys. We have mountaintops. We have disappointments. We have regrets. I mean, it's just part of being human. But we got to come out of that, that, come out of that state with faith in God. And not, not, not throw away our faith, not sabotage our faith, not depart from the faith, not go shipwrecked, as the Apostle Paul wrote, that some have shipwrecked according to the faith. I said ship, S-H-I-P. Shipwrecked according to the faith. 
uh, that, that you can go through things, but that thing's not going to take you out. Every one of us is going to go through things. I go through things all the time. I go through things all the time, and this is just part of life. But being happy is when, I, when happiest are those whose God is the Lord. God is my Lord. I have every right in Christ to live a happy life and to have a happy Christmas. Why? Because God's my Lord. Because the God, the creator of the universe is actually up in my life, all up in my business, up in my kitchen, up in my Kool-Aid. That the, the God, the creator of the universe, Jesus, the, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the, the God of all grace and mercy, the, the one that was, the one that told Moses, who do I say I stand? He said, I, I am who I am. Right? That, that with God in my life, happy are the people, here it is, whose God is the Lord, priorities, priorities. The psalmist in context was actually talking about people doing them wrong. If you read Psalm 144, so happiness wasn't and isn't dependent on everybody liking you. All right, there, people liking you should not change your happiness. You might have a little sting of rejection or, oh, man, why don't they like me? I don't know. I don't know why they don't like you. You're a wonderful person. Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm a wonderful person. You ever wonder? You're doing everything right. You're not sinning. You're not gossiping. And you're like, these people don't like me. I'm doing everything right. Well, at least I think I am. <laughs> right? You ever feel that way? Like, what did I do for them to hate me? Why, why are they hating me? What did I do? Anybody? Am I the only one? Like, what did I do to deserve this kind of treatment? Come on, I'm preaching. Somebody say, preach, pastor, preach. Happiness is a result of God being our everything, whose God is the Lord. I, some old school. I was raised in the old school environment. If he, if he ain't Lord of all, he ain't Lord at all. Uh-huh. I know, that doesn't go over too good with kids these days. But if he ain't... If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. True happiness is when God is my Lord. When I've surrendered. My wife told me God's been speaking to her about 2019. She said, it's going to be a year of surrender. I said, Lord didn't speak that to me. But yes, I'll be praying for you, girl. <laughs> but, 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 but surrender. I, didn't, I wasn't raised in a church that, that, that I had options. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. I mean I, I, I mean, I remember as a teenager getting saved, right? And, and I, I didn't go to church one day because I didn't feel like it. And look, I'm not, I'm not here to put no religious rules on you. I'm just talking about my testimony. It's my story. It's, I got the microphone. Just hold on. But, but I remember one of my, one of my mentors was like, you, what she, well, guess what she said? You, you have to get your priorities straight, son. I was like, who do you think you are? You're not my auntie. Somebody say priorities. I'm not saying I need, I'm telling you that if you don't feel like coming to church. But Pastor Jay, my pastor, our pastor, really, he, all, he always says there's two reasons you should come to church, when you feel like it and when you don't. I'm not saying you don't need a break. I want you to have a life. Come on, somebody. But, but there, there, there's a thing that in Scripture about God's got a priority. Seek first priorities, the kingdom of God and is righteous all these other things will be added to you that word added in the greek means that means purpose that when god is my purpose everything else seems to find its purpose its proper purpose its place when god is your purpose everything else will find its place somebody say priorities all right never let anyone be your priority if you are their option come on somebody preach in here pastor sean 
Never let anyone be your, never let anyone be your priority when, they, when you are their option. That's called infatuation. Let it go. Let them go. Peace out. Come on, somebody. All right, don't try so hard to make somebody a priority in your life when they have positioned you as an option or one of their options. Come on now. All right, it's quiet. Merry Christmas. You always have time for those that you put first. Priorities. You always have time. Priorities. I heard one preacher say, you can't just, you can't just uh, assume you're going to date your wife, especially when you got kids. you got to put that on your calendar. Matter of fact, I need to put it on my calendar this month. Somebody making myself accountable. You ain't just gonna win. You ain't, it ain't just gonna happen. Priorities. You got to put that thing on your calendar. Calendar tells you what you really care about. Oh Jesus! Come on, somebody. What is on your calendar? Who is on your calendar? All right, your calendar reveals a lot. Priorities. Somebody say priorities. Here we go. The one who matters most. The one capital. Oh, the one, Jesus, the one who matters most should never be at the mercy of things that matter least. Somebody say priorities. All right. And this is my first point. Happiness is actualized when we prioritize. I got a little, I got some skills up here. Happiness is actualized when we prioritize. Don't, don't go hoping for happy prioritize and happy will show up happy will be there all right you got to prioritize your relationships who is the most important Jesus who is second your spouse not your kids they're not second I'm preaching to some people in here if I put my wife right there my kids are going to get blessed I'm telling you the anointing on me and her the agreement we have the harmony we have our kids are going to get it it's going to work it's work it's priorities Priorities, Okay, that word happy, it means to call blessed. Happy in, in, the, in, the, in the Hebrew is, a, is an aggressive word. It's not a passive word. It actually comes from a word, word that root word that means to advance. That you can't just sit around and expect to be happy. Happy is an action word. It means to call blessed. It means to stay, you know, you know I'm happy today in the name of Jesus. Yeah, uh, whether you feel like it or not. It comes from a word that means to go on, to, to move, to take a step, to advance. That means if you are advancing in what God's called you to do, you're going to find happy on that journey. You're going kind of, to find happy on the journey of moving forward. You're going to find happy on the journey of obedience. You're going to find happy on your step of faith. Everybody God called, he called them to move immediately. Rolled up on, pulled up on the disciples and said, follow me. Pulled up on Abram and said, get out of there. Pulled up on, uh, on um, Gideon, says, get up, get moving. Moses, move. Everyone, everyone, everyone he called was like, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Advance. Happiness is on the road of obedience. Once again, repeat after me. Everybody say, say, happiness is actualized when we prioritize. All right, look at your neighbor say, get your priorities straight. Tell three people, get your priorities straight. Tell them, tell them, tell them. Get your priorities straight. All right, there we go. There we go prioritize happiness is found in priorities here's my here's my second point you got to look at things from God's perspective 
This is number two. You got to look at things from God's perspective. Um, your happiness is determined by the way you see things. Sometimes you can't just look at things. You got to see what's there. There, there. There's more there than you realize. It's and what I mean by that is sometimes um, you gotta you gotta have eyes of faith when you have thoughts of doubt. <laughs> you gotta have eyes of faith when you're faint-hearted and say, "Yeah, God's gonna do something. He's with us." Come on, some kind of raw dog faith, some kind of bulldog faith at times. Deuteronomy 33, 29. This is when Moses was about to die, and he pronounced a blessing over the children of Israel. They were still in the wilderness, and he pronounced a blessing over them. They were still there. Didn't go anywhere. God told Moses, look, you're going to die here because of your disobedience. But he spoke a blessing over them. Verse 29, this was the last um, verse of that chapter, the last verse before he went on to pass away uh, in the wilderness. He says, happy are you, O Israel. All up in the wilderness, happy are you. Happy are you. I tell you what, it's the most frustrating thing to be obedient to God and feel that you're doing everything right, and yet things aren't growing the, wish, the way you thought. You're not growing, you, that you're doing it all right, but you don't feel like you're growing. It's funny because in the wilderness, um, things don't grow. So you could be in obedience, walking with God, and you don't see the growth yet. It could be a very frustrating thing. It could be a very, quote, unquote, unhappy thing. But there's something that you have to commit to that God put deep inside your spirit. And that is through the eyes of faith that God is moving and he's going to do something. And this is what Moses said. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord being real positive and they're still not in the promised land who is like you and maybe their emotions in their mind were like yeah who is like us 40 years going nowhere and Moses spoke this over their life happy are you O Israel who is like you a people saved by Lord the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty your enemies shall submit to you and you shall tread down their high places and they're in the wilderness still. The way we see things determines how they make us feel. Is that right? Meaning our perspective determines our emotional state at times. The way we see things. The way we see things is so powerful. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was here on a Thursday night. I was here during the day Thursday, just here in the building. And I met Moses, Moses, who was our usher team lead. I think he's out doing something right now. But he was in there, and, and we were literally, like, just doing janitorial work, just vacuuming. I think I had, like, a hand back in my hand or something. And he, this was after work. I think he took the train from work down here, and we're just in here working. And, and he's like, man, he's like, I'm so blessed He's like, I, I want to come do this every Thursday night. And I was thinking, dude, you got a hand back in your hand. What's wrong with you? But he's like, man, I just, I just love being here. I just want to come and just do this. I love this. He's like looking off and just dreaming. And I'm like, I got a vacuum. I'm like, okay, bro, I'll meet you here. Every, we can do this. But everybody say perspective. Not everybody would be here after working all day and do, being, being able to, just, to genuinely just be like, man, this is awesome. This is destiny right here. Doing janitorial work on a Thursday night after working for eight hours. And he's just like, man, I can't, 
I can't believe I'm here. Like, this is awesome. We were standing right back there, and I'm like, damn, man, man you are tripping right now. <laughs> but then it, like, it, it spoke to me, just his attitude, his heart, his perspective. I was sitting there looking at him going, man, I was getting all teary-eyed. Two grown men crying in a room all by themselves. <laughs> I was like, all right, go back. Perspective. Perspective. His perspective ministered to me. My goodness. And I wasn't complaining, at least out loud. But I was like, wow, this brother's seeing something. And I have a little bit of what you're taking, Moses. <laughs> what are you drinking, bro? Perspective. Perspective. You got to see things the way God sees them. The one thing, there it is, the one thing you have control of. This Christmas season, in your life period, is your perspective of what happens to you. You don't have control all the time of what happens in life. I wish sometimes I did, but I don't. I don't have control over what people do to me, but I have control on my perspective of it. You, you, all you control freaks out there, just take control of the perspective. <laughs> Can't control people can't control a situation, you can't control God, I'll tell you that right now. It don't matter how many times you think, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, it should equal this. Oh, it didn't work. Alright? It's not what you look at that matters, it's what you see that matters. Alright? Somebody say, hashtag perspective. Romans 8, 28, here we go. We're almost done. Are you guys alright? Awesome. Romans 8, 28. Here's famous scripture, one of my wife's favorite scriptures. And we know. Um, look at your neighbor and say, I know. Look at your neighbor and say, I already know. All right? And we know that all things work together. All things, all things, bad things, confusing things, hurtful things, regretful things, stupid things, just things. And we know, people of faith, people of faith, we know, people walking with Jesus, we know, and we know, we know this, we know this, that all things work together for good. All things work together. Perspective. Everybody say perspective. All things. Not everything's good, but it's going to work for the good. It doesn't feel good, but on the other end, it's going to be good. Your 2018 might have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, um, thank you, Lord. I mean, I'm glad I'm here. Anybody ever look back and go, man, isn't God being good this year? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm breathing. I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. I got all my fingers on my hands. I mean, I, I'm still working. My leg, my joints are working. I mean, I didn't die. I mean, God's been good. I'm still breathing, right? Uh, together, but it, it's going to work. It might not feel good. It might not be feeling like that was necessarily good. And I'll be honest with you that even the things that are legitimately bad or legitimate uh, attacks of the enemy on your life and, and, and just attacks on your life and just um, any kind of demonic attack, whatever it is, it's not good, but it's going to, but all things are going to work together for good. It's going to be good soon. It's coming. Good is coming. Good is on the way. And you gotta, you got to press through it. So together for good to those who love God. Why? What's going to make it good, Pastor Jean? Just keep loving God. Keep loving Jesus. Love Jesus through it. I like to ask people every once in a while, do you still love Jesus? And they look at me like, why would you dare ask me that? I'm just wondering. I just want to make sure. Because things are going to work good if you still love God. 
You still love God to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Number one is just love God. Number two is God's hand is on my life. I've been called, called of God, called out, called out for a purpose. All right, marriage don't always feel good. Yeah, no amens on that. But marriage don't always feel good, but it's going to work out for my good. He is working for my good. He is working for my good. I'm going to say this scripture again, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I'm here to tell you right now that happiness is on the road of purpose, people. Happiness ain't just going to come out and drop on you just because you're sitting there moping and crying about stuff. Go ahead and mope and cry and have your moment. Nothing wrong with having moments as human beings. We just have our moments. But happiness ain't going to be there until you just get up. And, and, and Jesus, when he healed that, that, that gentleman, he said, he said uh, get up, pick up your bed and walk. And, and this, is, this is what you call, as Pastor Johnny Thompson would say, this is grace for grown folk. God has enabled you, filled you with the Spirit. Get up. Mm -hmm. Get up. Get up and get moving. God's with you. God's on you. Come on, you've you got to understand that the Bible says that the just shall live by faith and that we walk, walk, walk. Not backslide. You know what I'm saying? like this <laughs> but but the the with the we walk walk think about the, the way God even looks at the Christian life it is we walk in the spirit that speaks of advancing of moving every great Bible story Bible character David ran at Goliath. Happiness was on the other side of taking Goliath's head off. But somebody had to move. Everybody else was like, but he ran. All right, here's my last point. Psalm 128, verse 2. Let's read this. If you turn there, Psalm 128, verse 2. I'm going to share my last point, and we're going to be out of here. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy. Right? After you work, after you work that thing, after you eat. Anybody ever get hangry or you wait, once you eat, you're like, oh, man, I feel so much better. Does anybody ever, the lack of food affects your emotional state? Somebody raise your hand. Okay, raise your hand. Lord. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm with you, Robert. I'm right here. I'm right here with you, bro. This man's like, man, I just married you, girl, and you guys have put me on blast in the in the midst of the congregation but anybody like when you eat like it honestly like come on now do you guys put your hands down fast that when you when you eat you feel better like you just just mentally emotionally you can actually um interact with humans functionally yeah what how about when you're hungry and and you just your food is far off and you're in the drive-thru even and it's long it's like there's 10 cars and you're like don't go to in and out i can't wait that long that and like, I can't wait that long. Let's go inside. You ever, you're so hungry, you're like, no, skip out. Let, I'll run in. I'll go get it. Inside, I'll come back. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then you eat the fries on the way to the car out of the bag. You say, come on now, anybody, come on. We're real church for real people. Like, I got to get my food or just so I act right. Yes, I'm hungry. But it, sometimes it's not even physical or 
it's, 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 I'm just, you know, but that's why the Bible says when you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy. Come on, that's a hangry scripture for all you hangry people. So now you have a scripture to use when you don't act right because you're hungry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But this is the point is labor, work. You got to do something. You want to be happy, do something. Man of God, you want to be happy, do something. Get your vocation. Much of us as men that we come alive when we engage, when we conquer something, when we put our hands on something. All right? When, 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 when we come, when we, when we move it in a direction, when we, men were created to, to conquer things. Sometimes that conquering, whatever it might be, it might be your education. It might be um, just getting out there and doing what you're called to do in the marketplace, in your work. Do something. And I know this applies to women, but as men, there's something about being tired, but it's a good tired. Right? That's what that word labor actually means. It means to toil. It means to grow weary. If you aren't on a rhythm of being tired from work, you might be doing the wrong thing. Because that's what work does. Somebody say amen. And I understand. I'm not saying to be drained but work is, you're, we're supposed to, there's a blessing on work. God told Adam, name the animals, gave that joker a job before he had a woman. You start, got to start naming stuff first before I give you a woman. Come on, somebody. And so there's something in the, in the heart of a man, I'm going to speak to the men in here, that there's something about labor, there's something about work that, that, that we were intended and created. It's in our DNA to be satisfied when we, when we eat from the labor of our hands. All right? Look, somebody find a man here and tell him, do work. Much, much of our journey, much of our, it means, that word labor means exhausted. When you eat from the exhaustion of your hands. It's a good thing to show up after work and be like, man, I'm tired. You know, wow, that was a rough week. Get out there this week and do it again so you come to the house get filled up get out there and do it again nobody nobody I, I, I believe that God wants to see us go to heaven with tattered armor on all busted up blood coming off of my helmet sword all beat up dragging my leg into heaven made it hallelujah see what sanctuary LA did to me God beat me up See what Boyle Heights did to me? Tried to go in there. <laughs> but God, God, there's something about work, the toil, eat. There's happiness in the result, in the production of what God put in you. The parable of the talents. He's like, here's some talents. Go produce something. Multiply it. Make something out of it. Don't play it safe. All right? Don't bury your talent. Play it safe. God's like, nah, get out there and work that thing. Make it double, triple. Much of our journey with God is made up of doing the right thing over and over again, day in and day out. I, you, I love miracles, but nowhere in the Bible does it say we live by miracles. The Bible says we live by faith. I love the presence of God, but nowhere in the Bible does it say we live by it. That, is it, that, that, that they, the experience is, is a beautiful thing, but we walk by faith. 
We walk by faith and not by sight. And true happiness is in the toil of the kingdom, working what God has called you to do and doing what you're called to do. Sometimes we associate ease with everything in God, and that is not the case. Yes, he blesses us and graces us to do things and performs miracles and does exceedingly abundantly above we could all ask or think. But nowhere in Scripture does it say that you don't have to work. Here's my, this is my last point. Persistence produces joy persistence produces joy I'm here to tell you this morning and we're going to close with this scripture but I'm here to tell you this morning that consistency is a gift from God the ability to do what is right when it doesn't feel good the ability to do what you're called to do to, to, to walk by faith to keep doing the right thing keep doing the God thing if I only read my Bible when I felt like it you all would be in trouble if I only prayed when I felt like it I would be in trouble if I only loved my kids when they were acting right my kids well I'd be in trouble uh, but they would be in trouble right that there is a blessing in the toil he will bless the work of your hands we don't work for God to love us but when we're but a righteous man will engage and do something and produce something consistency is here is, is a gift from God you know the Bible talks about here a little there a little line upon line precept upon precept here we go. My last scripture. This is it. We're going to close with this. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. We're going to close with this. Happy Christmas. And then we're going to allow you to go get your children and come back in for our just a quick 10-minute um, team rally for Christmas service. So we can kind of just, everybody that's going to serve our current team and those that are jumping on. I know some people signed up, so I will, I promise to be quick with that. So please get your kids so the kids team can come over here. Just talk about Christmas weekend. Here we go. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. That means if you have no revelation coming from anybody else, God says you will be happy if you keep the word that you're aware of and you know is truth. Because many, many times we think, well, you know, just... I'm not really getting any word. I need a fresh word. That's good, but sometimes you're not going to feel like you got a fresh word. Sometimes God's like, I just want you to keep what you already have. I want you to do the, I want you to do, I want you to be obedient in, in, in the season that you might not feel any revelation. Where there's no revelation, the revelation, the people cast off restraint or they, they, they don't have boundaries. But happy, somebody say happy. Come on, everybody say happy. But happy is he who keeps the law or guards it or the, the what that means in the Hebrew is basically to to surround to hedge whatever it is you're keeping about with horn with thorns to 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 protect it to guard it to preserve it if if you're persistent church and we're going to pray here if you're persistent as in in regards to the promises of God the promise of God over your life 
you're persistent, you're going to get it. I'm here to tell you right now, persistence is a serious thing. My son is, my four-year-old is very persistent when it comes to wanting a toy. Because he'll say, Daddy, can we go get a car? And I'll tell him, we're not getting any toys today, son. He's like, I didn't say a toy. I said, I show the story of that. And now the judges said, okay, just leave me alone. I'll give you what you want. And so when it comes to the promises of God for your family and your life, if you are persistent, you're going to access it. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed. Thank you.